championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. It is Monday night, 9 o'clock Pacific time. That means it's time for the LakersNation.com live off-season show. We're going to be talking about the Lakers, the different moves that they can make as we look forward to free agency, to trades, of course, the NBA draft as well. We've got the draft lottery coming up tomorrow night. Going to be exciting to see where all of the teams do slide, slot in. The Lakers, well, they'll have the 22nd pick in the draft. Might they trade it just like they did last year with the 28th pick? So a ton to break down, a ton of things to talk about. Joining me tonight are Ron Gutterman and Skylar Treppel, both from LakersNation.com. Ron, let's start with you. How are you doing, man? And how are you holding up now that there's just four teams remaining? Yeah, I mean, one one thing that's great about the first round is there's just games every night. There's two, three games a night. Now we're really getting to like the the dog days where you can sense the season's about to end. And also with the Lakers not being here, it's just doubly tough. So yeah, I mean, just getting through it, waiting for that uh, that off season, the rumor mill to start up again. Skyler, this is the first night when we've had no basketball in some something ridiculous. Somebody put it out there on Twitter. I don't remember what it was, but it, it's like weeks and weeks and weeks that it's been that we've had playoff basketball every single night. And tonight there's nothing. It feels weird. This is strange to not have like a game going on while we're doing this. It's incredibly strange, and that is exactly why I am here tonight uh, with the fans and with you guys, because I just needed to let those basketball juices flow. What an incredible weekend in the NBA. Kevin Durant making history. Devin Booker uh, paying tribute in the right way to Kobe Bryant, and I'm sure we'll get into all of that soon. But overall, you know, pretty excited with what's going on in the playoffs, and we'll get into it. But if the Suns win, at least it shows we got beat by the best. And as always, Lakers will be back better than ever. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I want to get into Lakers trades and transactions and stuff. And we'll get there in just a minute. But, Ron, you, you're, an article you wrote for LakersNation.com essentially got aggregated by, uh, by the Arizona Republic, basically citing the fact that Lakers fans, the vast majority of them, want to see the Suns win instead of the Clippers, and I am I'm among them. I am in that boat. My as soon as the Lakers went out, my mantra was anyone but the Clippers, because the Celtics were already out. It was anyone but the Clippers. Uh Ron, what do, what do you think about that dynamic? Why is it that Lakers fans want to see the Clippers out so badly? I just think it's kind of an attitude thing. You know, I went into it in that article, but the Clippers have kind of had this arrogance about them over the last couple of years of this like this is our town. We're doing things our way. Like this, you know, Lakers may have had the the past, but we have the future. The, the, this weird arrogance for yeah. a team who had who's in their first conference finals ever, and I think that just turned a lot of a lot of fans away. You know, I I think about it like baseball, where if you're an Angels fan, when the Angels are eliminated every year, which they usually are, they usually like support the Dodgers. They're willing to do that because there's not angst there. Whereas the Clippers make it difficult to like want them to win, even if it's better for the city if they win. It's like, ah, oh, man, I just want to get rid of you guys. I don't even want to think about you. Yeah, I've seen so many Lakers fans who want the Clippers in Seattle, want the Clippers somewhere else. And it's because of that, because it wasn't just, hey, the Clippers became better as a basketball franchise, right? Certainly better than their long, long, long history of failure would suggest suddenly they have become better in terms of their office, how they operate, and their play on the court as well. They've got a lot better. But they've taken the tactic of 
we're going to try to take L.A. away from the Lakers. And that's where I think Lakers fans really get, like, offended because I've said it a bunch of times. The Lakers are not – it's not just something new. It's a generational thing, right? And so you're not just coming after the Lakers. You're not just coming after this generation. You're coming after multiple generations of Lakers fans where it's a tradition that's been passed down. And so it's very deeply rooted into the heart of Los Angeles. And so if you're coming after the Lakers, yeah, of course there's going to be a response Kind of like that. But uh, I don't know. Skyler, who are you, out of everybody who's left, who do you hope wins this thing, Skyler? Who do you hope is hoisting the trophy at the end? I mean, there's a lot going on here. First of all, you got Trey Young, who is an absolute superstar. Yeah. You got Giannis Antetokounmpo, who Kobe Bryant challenged to win the MVP and then challenged to win a championship and trained. So that's a very exciting factor as well. Uh, the LA Clippers, of course not, but also. A little bit of respect with the fact that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard uh, were such big Kobe Bryant fans and so close with him. But I got to say, I th- I'm rooting for the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul gave Kobe a retirement gift. And Devin Booker, I mean, Stephen A. Smith touted him as the next Kobe Bryant today. That might be a little much, but yes. I'll never forget. Yes, during Kobe Bryant's final season, when he signed Book's shoes in his rookie season and wrote Be Legendary and how much Kobe mentored and admired Devin Booker. And even better than that, in 2011, I wanted the Mavericks to win because then the Lakers got eliminated by the best. Right. And that's how I feel about the Phoenix Suns here is it's the best look for the Lakers if the Phoenix Suns win. That being said, because of the Kobe connection, I won't be as sad if the Milwaukee Bucks win. But if I got to go for an official pick here, it's going to be the Phoenix Suns for all the reasons listed above. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kobe Bryant, Lakers connection, and the fact that they eliminated the Lakers. So it's a good look on us if they win before we come back and win next year. I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, my If I had to rank them, I would be, of course, number four by a lot is the Clippers. If, if anyone other than the Clippers wins, I'm okay with it, right? I'm, 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 I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to lose sleep over it if it's anybody but the Clippers, right? So I'm good there. So they are a very, very, very distant fourth place in, in, in my rankings here. But number three for me is the Hawks. And number three is that's the team that would be my next least likely team. And again, I would much rather see the Hawks win it than the Clippers. But the Hawks, it's just because of the playing style of Trey Young and sort of the um, – the we've got other guys now adopting the James Harden style of playing to hear a whistle, right? Making basketball plays on the floor where the success or failure of the play is determined by whether or not the whistle blows. I hate that stuff. And so, and look, the the Hawks, they're a gutsy team and I like that and everything. It's only because these three teams, the other three teams are so close in my mind that I'm going to push them to third because of that. And then number two is the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul does do some of that stuff that I don't like seeing out of Trey Young. But also there were some cheap cheap shots in the series against the Lakers. And then by default, that leaves the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't have a reason to be mad at them. So they then are my my favorite to win it all um, at this point. That's my ranking right now. How are you feeling about it, Ron? Uh, I am all the way rooting for the Bucks. Uh, okay. The Milwaukee Bucks are, are my team for the next uh, three to four weeks here. Um, I absolutely love Giannis. I love that whole team. Chris Middleton's fantastic. Um, I really love everything they have going on there. And it's going to be interesting because uh, Trey Young did a remarkable job making a villain out of the New York Knicks in the first round. And then he had an easier job, but he he made a villain out of the Philadelphia 76ers last round. It, it was easier than the Knicks, but he did it. 
I don't know how you make a villain out of the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are a really likable team filled with very good and and fun players to watch. I don't know how you make a villain out of them. So Trey Young, it's going to be interesting to see how he approaches that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's going to be a lot of fun to see. I can't wait to see Drew Holiday's defense against Trey Young's offense. That's going to be a really, really fun matchup there as well. But let's get to Lakers. And before we came on, I posed a question to you guys. And I said, let's kind of kick things off with our Lakers discussion. And chat, you guys can fire in on this as well. Uh, So coming in from YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope. My question to you is, within the realm of possibility, okay, so within reason, who is the one player that you would most like to see become a Laker this offseason, whether it be via free agency or trade? Now, again, I'm saying within the what realm of reason. So if you say Bradley Beal, that's the wrong answer because that, that is not a reasonable thing to see happen. Okay, That's not happening. So the one player that you could realistically see becoming a Laker, if you were able to wave a magic wand, and poof, this player will be in a Lakers jersey. Who would that be? Skyler, we'll start with you. You know, so if we're going extremely, extremely realistic here, maybe a J.J. Redick for some shooting, a Trevor Ariza, nice reunion for some 3 and D. A little bit more unrealistic, Serge Ibaka. And if we're getting into people who are free agents and ways to make it happen, then I think you got to go for Kyle Lowry. I think it was supposed to happen. I think there could be, you know, Philly trade in the works. Ben Simmons, I'm sure we'll get into that. But I think Kyle Lowry on the Lakers, relieving LeBron of a bit of the playmaking duties there and having Kyle Lowry on the floor would be great. I'm going to go for one other person, though, as my top, top pick for the Lakers. And it's not so realistic, but it's feasible. And that's Chris Paul. He was supposed to be on the Lakers if the Bucs win, which I would be so happy to see Giannis hoisting the trophy, even though I picked the Suns. Uh, if LeBron could somehow convince his buddy Chris Paul to take a bit of a pay cut, come to the Lakers, be that absolute superstar playmaker, showing what he can do in Phoenix, and rightfully, finally become a Los Angeles Laker as he was meant to a decade ago, I think that would be the number one scenario that I would like to see for the Lakers. And I think he could do a lot of the things that uh, Schroeder was unable to do this year. So anyways, we're going up and up in the scale of realism, but if that's realistic, it's Chris Paul and otherwise just keep moving down in my tears until it's realistic. All right. Fair fair enough. So Chris Paul would be the ideal player to land. And again, he probably wants more than the Lakers can pay, but who yep. knows? You know, the maybe the banana broke crew will ride again and, and Chris exactly. will finally, finally become a Laker for basketball reasons. Uh Ron, what about you? Who's <laughs> who's sitting at the top of your list? Well, here's the thing. I, I came in, you know, we, we uh you posed this question before we started, and I came up with one name, but now hearing Skyler's answer, I, I had to readjust and find, Uh-oh. you know, a couple more names to round out because I liked what he did with the tears of realism. Um, so my, my ultra realistic, I love it. I've mentioned his name a ton of times. It's Uh Doug McDermott. Uh, that's, that's the, the ultra realistic. He can fit in the mid-level exception. He shoots the three really well. He can be hidden on defense, but he has a big enough body to where it's like not horrible. It's not going to completely cost you games. Uh, so that's the ultra realistic option. 
my mid-tier realistic. Honestly, I'm just going to throw it all into one person. It's Lonzo Ball, the mid-tier and the... Just Lonzo Ball is exactly who I think this team needs. And it's so weird to even talk about him as an option. Right. But it just feels like there's there's something about the way the Pelicans are approaching his free agency that make it seem like they don't really want him all that much. So I, I'm, I feel like there's a way in. There's a way to say, hey, Lonzo, let's, let's work something out here. You know, sign, you know, the, the fancy double sign and trade. It, it's not super realistic, but if you're talking about an ideal fit to this team defensively, and now that Lonzo has figured out his jump shot offensively, it's a really great fit. And I, I love it way more than Dennis. I love it way more than a lot of other options available out there. If I, I like Lonzo, I like him a lot. The restricted part is the part that gets me. He's a restricted yeah. free agent, and getting around that will not be easy, particularly because we know the Pelicans are not fans of the Lakers. You probably don't want to do anything to work with them. But I agree. If you can find a way to get that done, I like Lonzo a lot. Uh, Sermon King from YouTube responded with a super chat, said, anyone but Chris Paul, he's a no for the Lakers. I, I get it. Chris Paul has, eh, he's a bit polarizing, right, when you see his antics out there mm-hmm. on the floor. So I totally understand that side of things as well. Uh, Lonzo would be interesting, I think. You know, we were talking about, somehow this came up in conversation earlier today when I was talking to some people, and we mentioned uh, things that get auto-corrected. And the first thing I go to is that still on my phone, if I type in the word ball with a lowercase b, it corrects to an uppercase b because of how many times I typed Lonzo Ball's name when he was a Laker. I mean, look, I, I liked Lonzo when he was here. Very nice guy. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be against seeing him back. Top of my list, though, I'm still going in terms of a realistic, a guy that I think they could really get, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, when I when I look at what he brings on both ends of the ball, when I look at the shooting that he brings, and, I, and I'm eliminating Lonzo a little bit from my list just because of the restricted tag, Fair. I think that Kyle Lowry would be a really great fit for the Lakers. Now, again, they already tried to get him. We're not successful there. But perhaps you can go back to the Toronto Raptors, negotiate a sign-and-trade. You would be triggering a hard cap by accepting a player in a sign-and-trade situation, so that might be something to consider. But Kyle Lowry, I think, would be a great fit for the Lakers, particularly if you can get him and not give up THT. Wouldn't that be great to have both of them? Have both of them? I, I do want to I do want to give a shout-out to a player that none of us mentioned just because it is very unrealistic and he uh-huh. would need to take a, a massive pay cut. Uh, DeMar DeRozan. Absolutely. I, I do want to shout him out. L.A. natives, yes. a really great player. And he's one of those guys where the fit maybe isn't perfect, but it's one of those situations where it's like, just get all the talent you can and figure it out as the season goes on. If the Lakers can get him at a discount, and it would be a discount, uh, I would absolutely love DeMar DeRozan in a Lakers jersey. Yeah. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan would be great in terms of, hey, LeBron is going to rest 18 to 20 minutes a night, probably closer to 18. DeMar, here you go. And the show is yours. LeBron's on the bench. Take the ball and go. And we know he can run the pick and roll better than most yeah. wing players can. So you can have him out there generating offense. You do have to be a little bit careful in terms of making sure you have enough floor spacing around him and everything because he does not shoot the three uh, shot, I believe, 25-ish percent last season, but still a very, very, very talented player and somebody that I would like to see. Another name to throw out there that I think a lot of people in the chat will mention is Malcolm Brogdon. If you can work out a trade with the Indiana yeah. Pacers, that would also be a great fit. But again, he's not going to come cheap in a trade. I, I consider Malcolm Brogdon a very unrealistic option yes. just because 
the Pacers, the Pacers, um, they showed during the the Paul George talks, and they, I just don't see why, like the motivation for them to ship out Malcolm Brogdon to LA specifically. Uh, so I don't really consider that too realistic. Uh, it's kind of the same argument for Lonzo. So that's why it's like that's on the border edge of realism. Uh, but Kyle Lowry is is fantastic. Demar Derozan, great options. There, there's yeah. a lot, a lot that the Lakers can do here and get creative with. Absolutely, former Raptors in uh, Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry. I think Kyle Lowry very well may be the best fit. I do just want to come back a little bit on on the Chris Paul topic. I understand <laughs> the hate for him, but like I gotta say, you could have a show about putting Chris Paul on teams like Home Improvement with what he's done with the Houston Rockets, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Phoenix Suns over the last few years. I, I don't think having Chris Paul on your team can hurt, but I do appreciate uh, that. But overall, I think Kyle Lowry is the perfect mix of realism. What the Lakers need and let's find a way to make it happen Uh, mr phil handy is pretty close with him so we'll see where it goes yeah we would love to see the lakers obviously make a big move i think that i think that this might be the season the offseason where we see the lakers not make a lot of moves in terms of quantity but one or two quality moves that could really make the difference last offseason we got quantity, right? Quality was there too. Don't get me wrong. You got the sixth man of the year in Montrez Harrell, the runner-up, and Dennis Schroeder, but it didn't really all fit together. I think this is the year we see a lot of guys come back. They run it back with a few key players, and then we see a couple of moves that hopefully can really give them a better shot of winning a championship. Maybe Kyle Lowry is a piece there. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it is Chris Paul. Maybe LeBron figures out a way to talk him into it. But it's going to be interesting to see who the Lakers do wind up targeting. I've got a lot of people in the chat saying Damian Lillard. It's it, guys. <laughs> he he's in the Bradley Beal category where it's just it's not realistic. It's just it's not. But it'd be awesome. Yes. And and you know we can't forget about the most realistic target, of course, Mr. Ben Simmons. I know that's oh that's where Lakers. I'm going next. Oh boy, talk right now. So Ben Simmons, of course, <laughs> can't and the Russell Westbrook chat from last week. That's right. That's right. Russell Westbrook as well. Two guys who skill set wise do not fit at all, and but their Horrible. names are so big and their talent level is there too that you can't help but be at least a little bit intrigued, almost like a quasi DeRozan effect. Although I think DeRozan actually fits. A little bit better in some ways, and particularly because I think he's going to cost less. But let's talk a little bit about Ben Simmons. And by the way, those of you who are throwing out CJ McCollum, I would love, love that. But again, I think it's it's certainly closer than Damian Lillard, but I have a hard time seeing the Blazers trade him for what the Lakers would be offering. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Ben Simmons. The 76ers are in a terrible spot. They pretty much have to trade him. If you look at Doc Rivers' comments, you look at uh, Joel Embiid's comments, pretty hard to come back from. Doc Rivers did have some comments today about how they believe they've got a plan for fixing Ben Simmons' jumper, which no one has ever said before, right? We've never heard that in any offseason. <laughs> yeah, Ron. Can I, can I tell you the plan? I have some breaking news. I know the plan. Ooh, go. Yeah, the plan is trading him so they don't have to deal with it. Yeah, that's... <laughs> It's it's shipping him to a new location so they never have to think about Ben Simmons' jump shot ever again. That's that's that, the plan. That is most likely going to be the plan. He was obviously on the trade block this last season. Almost got traded for James Harden. Didn't happen. And now his value has gone straight down to the point where teams who thought they had no shot at him are now thinking, do we even want to give up this much for him? 
after what we just saw in the playoffs. Now, I do think he's a better player than what we saw in the playoffs. I think that he's a overall on both ends of the floor. He's he's not look. He's very good defensively. He struggles in the half court offense. He's amazing in transition offense. There are teams that can use that. There are teams that can find ways to plug him in and get something positive out of him. But building a championship contender might be a little bit more difficult with Ben Simmons. So uh, Skylar Ron and I talked about it earlier today on a video. So I want to get your take. What are your thoughts on Ben Simmons? And if there is something that is within the Lakers price range, and so I'm assuming it's no LeBron, no Anthony Davis, do you make an offer for Ben Simmons, do you think he's worth going after considering the limitations and the four years, 146 ish million left on his contract? I mean, again, and of course, watch the video, recommend everyone uh, check it out. It's, it's the reflex answer. As you guys mentioned is no way, no how, <laughs> absolutely not. So the interesting factors, though, when you do take a deeper dive in are, first of all, I think Ben Simmons has been touted as this Magic Johnson point guard. Ben Simmons is not hitting a skyhook in the playoffs. It is not happening. He does not have the jumper. He does not have the scoring. And I'm not sure he's ever going to have that truly balanced scoring attack based on what we've seen, unless this whole switching to his right hand thing uh, works, but that's very (laughs) unlikely. And so I think with Ben Simmons, the way for him to actually succeed in this league is going to be him playing more of that probably stretch for maybe three and D wing player and really setting people up. But honestly, I mean, because to defend Ben Simmons, you just put someone in the paint. So start out with Ben Simmons in the paint. And then let him take the ball out if he wants to to set up a play or something like that. But but I think one of the biggest problems with Ben Simmons is that he's been put as a point guard, and I think he's more of a big man. And I think that that is where he could work. Now, again, with the Lakers, you have the clutch sports free agency. So if there's anyone who could talk to Ben Simmons, anyone who could motivate him, because even Kobe Bryant said, yeah, Simmons should work on his jump shot. And Ben Simmons is like, oh, yeah, lots of people have said that to me. And it's like, oh, dude, come on. That's Kobe. I'll I'll Um, get to it later. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then with LeBron, exactly. And so with LeBron, I think that's the one player who could really maybe motivate Simmons. Hey. You know, I was a wing player, even though I can pass and handle the ball, and I learned to shoot. And so that's the only way I could see this thing working. Yeah, I know you guys were talking if you want to give up Kuzma and Schroeder, but would they even take that with what some teams or one silly team might be able to offer? I mean, the other thing is Lowry wanted to go to Philly. And then you need a playmaker on the Raptors. And so you never know, right? That could be a better straight-up trade offer if Toronto thinks Lowry is leaving. So there's lots of dangerous offers like that. And that's why if Simmons is left on the table, if you really want to go for it, sure. But he's so tough to build around. Like, he's so tough to build around. So I think if you have a way to get shooters in there and then you want Ben Simmons as sort of more of a stretch four or something like that to alleviate some of LeBron's playmaking duties, let him play off ball a little bit more, then you can get him. Overall, though, it's kind of just fun to hypothetically point out the ways he would work, but it doesn't really work especially with his contract if it was a smaller contract sure but that much money for a guy who's going to run the floor and potentially play stretch four and not be able to shoot i'd need to see a little bit more out of simmons for that because he hasn't really shown too much improvement from his rookie year 
No, if any, if anything, he's shown regression, and that's that's the Gosh. scary part. Where yeah. now he's looked like he's afraid to shoot the basketball. That's really scary. Uh, Renee Vol- Vanderbilt from YouTube said Ben Simmons to the Lakers and LeBron and AD can help him fix his shot. I don't know about that. I don't know if they're going to be able to help him fix his shot at this point. Look, p- players tend to go to the Lakers and see their shooting percentage go down, particularly guys who are known as snipe. Maybe it'll be a reverse effect, right? Maybe yeah, that that's, maybe that's, that will happen. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was going to ask if you thought that getting the worst shooters possible would actually have a reverse effect and everyone just shoots average basketball when they're on the Lakers. Everyone just shoots league average when they're on the Lakers. Maybe. Maybe. Because defense would be great. But oh, still. yeah. Oh, Frank Vogel, yeah, and I'm actually, so excited to have him on the floor defensively. By the way, let me let me just mention this quick, cheap plug here. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, we have started the NBA Front Office YouTube channel, which you should also definitely go subscribe to. Keith Smith and I did a video on this earlier today about around the entire NBA which teams can make some offers for Simmons? What are some of the challenges in terms of getting value for that contract from the Philadelphia 76ers side? So right now we're talking just Lakers, but if you want to get the league-wide perspective, go check out the NBA front office channel. Make sure you do subscribe. We're just getting that off and, and run and have a few videos up there, and those are going to be coming very frequently as well. So make sure you guys go check that out. But I'm sorry, Ron, I think I, I cut you off there. Yeah, and actually I do want to say everyone go check out the front office show because Keith Smith, that man has – better spreadsheets than any human being I've ever seen. <laughs> that that dude is a wizard with Excel. So that's that's one thing. But as for Simmons, you know, uh, Skylar, you were talking about him adjusting his game and becoming more of a big man. And I think it's been said before, this is not an original thought, but I think if he could find a way to transition his game to more of a Lamar Odom type, mm-hmm. I think that would be extremely beneficial for him in the way the way that Lamar Odom was able to run the fast break, put pressure on opposing defenses, uh, getting to the lane, driving and kicking. And then all he needed was just a a reasonable jumper that stretched out maybe 10, 12 feet away from the basket. That's all Lamar Odom really had. I mean, he he was not great at threes, but he shot them at least sometimes. But that he was really, sweet spot was 10 to 12 feet. And so I think that's kind of something you could see him doing that would actually greatly improve his game. And, you know, Lamar Odom worked on the Lakers. You know, Ben Simmons maybe works on the Lakers. But I agree that it's more unrealistic than than most other names we've talked about today. I mean, that's – like, you're right. I mean, in, in a perfect world, Ben Simmons could become like a, a Lamar Odom-type player. Maybe that would be a great role for him. And L.O. could step out and shoot like the corner three a little bit there. I think that would be critical. Because yeah. if you're the Lake, like, let's say you're the Lakers and you make this trade for Ben Simmons. Goodbye, Andre Drummond. Goodbye, any any normal true center, right? Any back to the basket big that can't shoot the three. You can't have them on the floor. You can't put them on the floor at the same time as Ben Simmons because then you've got two non-shooters out there. So that's a little bit of a challenge, right? You have to make sure you're getting bigs who can stretch the floor for you. Otherwise, they can't be on the floor at the same time as Simmons. Uh, if he could even get out to the corner three, that might be enough of a difference. I don't know if a 15-footer is enough spacing, particularly when one of our big complaints about when Andre Drummond was on the floor, and Andre Drummond, I think, catches a little bit too much flack, but it was how crowded the paint got for Anthony Davis and how Anthony Davis tended to really play a lot better when the paint was spread wide open. He was able to go and do uh, and do things attacking the basket. So I think that would be something to consider. But I also go back to, like, how good is Lamar Odom in today's NBA? 
I think people forget like how talented he was and how Fantastic. good he would be right oh, now yeah. with the Amazing. current with the way the current NBA is. Oh, he'd be he'd be remarkable. He's one of those players that like I just I wish that we had a time machine and we could get him into today's game because he I mean it, it would be a perfect fit. I'm trying to look up his career stats right now because it's he would be a perfect fit. Yeah, teams would be would be all over Lamar if he was uh, if obviously if he was still around so, and playing in the uh, NBA. Lamar, Lamar's career three point percentage was thirty one and a half, so not not good, but not Ben Simmons like better than yeah, not bad. But here's the here's the thing: like people who point to Kobe's stats and say, "Oh no, you know Kobe wasn't efficient enough, took too many mid range shots." What if what if Kobe was brought up in, with today's game though, right? Like, what if you transported Lamar to today's game and said, "Hey, now we're really working on shooting threes. We like to just assume yeah. he would he would just stay at thirty one percent. No, he would work on his threes. Just like like if Joel Embiid was in the NBA twenty years ago, would he be shooting threes? No, right? Even though he can do it, he wouldn't be doing it because he'd get benched if he did it. So. I think that if you were to take LO, like his his three point percentage would come up. I don't know if Ben Simmons can get there, and right now I think it's pretty unlikely that he could. But yeah. again, the talent level is so high. That's that's the hard part, right? Is the talent level so high? If you can really get him at a in a buy low opportunity, it's hard to say no. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how I feel about Demar Derozan. You know, if you can mm-hmm. if you can get Demar Derozan for a mid level exception. Just do it and figure it out later because you don't get that type of talent at that cheap a cost very often. So take your opportunity. So if the Sixers say, hey, Kuz, Schroeder, and a first-round pick, and you get Ben Simmons, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to say yes and just figure it out because you're never going to get an all-star caliber player mm-hmm. for Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder, and a first-round pick ever again. Like, that's not happening. Oh, I know. Ben Simmons is so unique, though. Like, he's so, I mean, just to have an all-star player who, who quite frankly, can barely score. I mean, I think he averaged 11.9 in the playoffs. And uh, unless you're like a a Marcus Camby, uh, Andre Drummond averaged more than that, you know, unless you're really like just a, a traditional center and your main job is not to score, that's a rough scoring average for the playoffs. I would love to see DeMar DeRozan on the Lakers, though. Uh, again, the Kobe connection, the L.A. connection, the work ethic, his ability to shoot. He's actually shown a lot of passing improvement. And uh, there's even been some talk of Simmons going to the Spurs. So uh, that would be interesting. Simmons with Popovich and then a DeRozan trade. But lots lots of movement in the NBA right now. We'll have to see where it all goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be. Look, this offseason, I think, is going to be really interesting. A lot of people right now are looking at the free agent class and they're going, eh, this is going to be boring, right? This isn't going to be that exciting. No, I I think we need to look at this a different way. I think we need to adjust what our expectations are for this offseason because here's the deal. Yes, the free agent class is extremely diluted. There's not much there. Not what we thought it was going to be. We thought it was going to be Giannis and maybe LeBron and Anthony Davis and Paul George and like all of these guys were going to be on the market this offseason. And so teams were, were building up their cap space for right now, basically. Not going to happen now, right? It is a much weaker free agent class, but teams still want to change their rosters. Teams still have glaring weaknesses they're going to fix. So guess how they're going to do it? They're going to trade. This is going to be the offseason of 
the trade. I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see more teams wheeling and dealing, and we've already seen it. Kemba Walker got traded, right? And we're not even done with this season yet. We're in the playoffs right now, and we had a trade occur. I think this is going to be the offseason of the trade because teams yeah. can't rely on free agency to make the changes that they need to. Yeah, and, and not only will it be, I, I agree with you, that it'll be the offseason of the trade. I think it's going to be the offseason of really creative trades. Yeah. Because a lot of teams don't have a lot of cap space, I think teams are going to get really, really weird with how they acquire the players they want to acquire. Like, we, we keep talking about double sign-in trades. Well, that's only happened like one or two times in NBA history. And I think we can kind of see a repeat of that because there's just – there's no other way for these teams who are over the salary cap to build up their rosters. So it's it's going to be so intriguing. I think there's going to be a lot of very interesting, unique, never-done-before moves. Well, I think it will be the offseason of the trade. I think that's a, a great take for sure. And I think that it's going to be really interesting, particularly to see exactly what teams are going to do, how they're going to get creative. We did already see Kemba Walker, an all-star traded, and let's get real. That might not be Kemba's final destination, knowing OKC and what they'll do for draft picks. Something really interesting I want to bring up about how creative teams can get is Doc Rivers was actually included in a trade to get to the Clippers. Yep. I believe it was either for a first-round pick or with a first-round pick. And so you never know if coaches could be part of the trade with all the coaching stuff going on. And then the other thing I will bring up, yes, this happened in the 1950s, and I don't know if it's allowed today, but Bill Russell and the rights to draft him, New York actually tra- or Boston traded the Ice Capades to New York. (laughs) And so I don't know if we can get that creative today, but you never know what's going to happen. So that's how much craziness has gone down in the NBA. But I do think this will be the off season of some of the most creative trades we've seen of all time. Not sure you can trade teams and, and, you know, groups like that, but uh, it'll be interesting. Nonetheless, what would be the equivalent of that today? Would it be like, like the Toronto Raptors trade Drake? To, no, no, no. to a team for somebody or something like that? Steve Ballmer trading shares of Microsoft for a player <laughs> like that. Oh, my goodness. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, those those things I don't think we're going to see, at least not overtly. We're not going to can't, – you can't make a trade using stuff like that. But I guess I guess it would make things a little more interesting, huh? Uh, Kyle Roberts from YouTube with a super chat said, if you had two picks of who you wanted on the team, who would they be? and give two that are realistic. Well, Kyle, we kind of started off the show with that, where we all picked our one guy that we would like to see uh, come in here. I had Kyle Lowry. Uh, we had Ron went with uh, Lonzo, and then Skyler said uh, said Chris Paul. They were there. They were our guys right there. <laughs> Somebody said, coaches can get traded with a bunch of question marks. Yeah, they can. If they're under contract with a team already, uh, the team can ask for compensation in exchange for allowing that coach out of their contract and allowing them to go and negotiate with another team. Uh, it's rare, but it did happen. It did happen in order for Doc Rivers to get to the Clippers, and I believe it was indeed a first-round pick that went there. Uh, let's see. We've we've got a lot of comments coming in. Oh, somebody said I missed a super chat. Sorry, sometimes they go by pretty quick, and I do try to get to all of them whenever uh, whenever I see them. I've got a lot of people talking about uh, about Kemba Walker. Oh, let's do this one. 
Bruce James Realty from YouTube said, how do we keep THT? What's your take on the money? So, good news. <laughs> good news. The NBA right. has thought of this. It's something called the Gilbert Arenas provision, and it's because the Warriors, back in the day, lost Gilbert Arenas. They had no way to pay him. He was a second-round pick, and the Washington Wizards came along and offered him a contract that the uh, the Warriors couldn't match. They didn't have any cap room, and so they didn't have enough money to actually spend on him. So what's happened now is this Gilbert Arenas provision says that an opposing team coming in and offering a contract to a second-round pick that is going to be now a restricted free agent, uh, the most they can offer is essentially the mid-level exception, which means the Lakers will have the ability to match that offer. Now they can offer, they can backload that contract. So it could be something like 10 million a year, roughly for the first two years, and then go up to 20 plus million for the final two years. And teams will do that to contracts to try to convince the team not to match. We saw that happen with the New York Knicks and Jeremy Lin, the Houston Rockets did that for Lin's contract. And the Knicks wind up, wound up letting Lin go to the Rockets in that scenario. So that would be the worst case for the Lakers, that a team comes along and does that. But I don't know if anybody's looking to max THT right now. I think there's going to be a, a nice middle ground and a deal will get done. Yeah, I, I have to imagine, uh, I, I spoke about this in a uh, free agency preview that I wrote for Lakers Nation. Um, THT, I, I imagine he's going to make somewhere in the 5 to $10 million range. Um, at least for the first two years. And again, we, they could do the backloading thing, but I imagine teams won't. I imagine it's going to be pretty straight up offers. Uh, but regardless, the Lakers can and should match any offer that comes their way for TH, uh, that comes THT's way. Uh, because why would, if you like, if you're going to let him go, you should have traded for Kyle Lowry. You have, you, they have to keep him in order to say that it was worth it not to trade for Kyle Lowry. hundred percent. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, you see how LeBron, I also wrote an article for Lakers Nation about THT. And in the preseason, we really saw those flashes of potential. I understand it was the preseason, but when you've got LeBron James saying, this kid is going to be special. And then you see THT hit the game winner against New York and you see him follow it up with his biggest scoring performance against the Houston Rockets of the season. And just the skill sets THT has you got to give those time to develop because THT can become a really special player in this league. And Trevor, with everything you mentioned about how they can keep him without giving him any kind of max or too serious of money right now with the Gilbert Arenas provision, uh, I think that the Lakers need to keep THT around and it's going to be very important to keep him around for the long haul if they can. Yeah, I believe it's going to happen. They'll keep him. Yeah. I mean, like Ron said, you can't let him go now that you made him the sticking point. No. In the Kyle Lowry deal. I want to say, uh, I Skyler brought it up. I had blocked from my memory the game in which THT had the worst basketball game ever and then hit a game-winning three. Yeah. I'll never, I can't believe – I blocked <laughs> it out of my memory because we, we were on – I believe, Trevor, we were on hot mic for that game. We oh, were man. watching THT fumble around, drop the ball, turn it over, miss open layups – that's and all right. of a sudden, he's sitting in the game-winning three. That was the strangest 30 minutes of, of watching an individual <laughs> player play basketball that I've ever had. And you know what? Kyle Lowry did that in a playoff game for the Toronto Raptors against the Miami Heat roughly in 2016, uh, where he had one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen and then hits a half-court three 
to send it into overtime. <laughs> and so that's another strange way that THT and Kyle Lowry are now linked. So maybe Lowry will make it to the Lakers. We'll see what happens. It, it, it sounds like it's just fate now at this point since there's yeah. all these connections. Uh, Dom from YouTube with Super Chat says, Tim Hardaway Jr., Mello, I don't know if Gary Trent Jr. is available, Otto Porter, Lonzo Ball, all those guys as interesting players. We already talked a bit about Lonzo. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., I think it's pretty safe to say he'll stick with the Mavs. Um, they're gonna they're gonna pay him now that now that we we're not even gonna call it the Kristaps Porzingis trade anymore. It's the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade now because he certainly outplayed Porzingis in the playoffs. What about Carmelo Anthony though, or Gary Trent Jr. Uh, Otto Porter also in there, but who knows you know what he can bring at this point. But uh, let's talk about Melo and and Gary Trent Jr. Uh, would you be inter- I think I'd be more interested in, in Trent Jr. than than Carmelo Anthony right now. Gary Trent Jr. is like the prototypical Lakers killer, right? Like a guy who, a guy who's like not that good at threes, but then he plays the Lakers and he'll go like like seven for nine from beyond the arc. Like, I don't know. Maybe we bring that magic to LA. I'd be okay with Gary Trent Jr. if he's affordable. Uh, Skyler, I know, is a is a bigger mellow supporter than most, but I I refuse the idea of Carmelo Anthony on the Lakers. I won't even like. I won't even put it to thought. I don't even want to look at a. At a jersey swap. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Those do oh, exist. Man. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. on the Lakers would be very interesting. A very athletic player. And you're right. He is, the, he is the type of Lakers killer player. Or just someone who can really randomly turn it up, hit a game winner. And to be around players like LeBron and Anthony Davis, with him being such a young player as well, you never know if he could develop that kind of consistency. So I think that's a great pick for the Lakers. And other than that, yes, I will always have faith in Carmelo Anthony, seeing what he's done, knowing who he is as a player, those epic matchups against the Lakers, and even the fact that he was supposed to be out of the league, comes back to Portland and is legitimately helping them in the playoffs, hitting big shots in the bubble, uh, even hitting some good shots this year, game winner against Toronto. And again... You know, you get Mello on the team. All of a sudden, those Chris Paul negotiations, the banana boat, become just a little bit more realistic. Uh, maybe Dwayne Wade out of retirement and they live their dream of the banana boat <laughs> on the Lakers, all for minimum contracts. No, I'm, I'm pie in the sky there. That would be very unlikely. But I still think Mello on the Lakers, uh, what was supposed to happen in 2014, could be very interesting, could be a really great 3 and D player. And, you know, could add some nice shooting to the Lakers. Uh, overall, though, Mello and Gary Trent Jr., both interesting fits. Would love Tim Hardaway Jr., but, yeah, the Mavs aren't letting them go that easy. No, I don't, I don't think so. Now, somebody, Carnell Michelle Johnson, mentioned, said, Trevor, you know, the Mavs are kind of a mess. Maybe we should take a, more of a look at Tim Hardaway Jr. Might he want to get out of there? Maybe. But, look, he just made $18 million this last season. He's probably due for a pay raise based on the way he's been shooting the ball. And by the way, I like Tim Hardaway Jr. a lot. But if you watch the playoffs and you saw the shots he was making, I don't know how comfortable I feel paying him moving forward and counting on him to continue making those shots. You know what I mean? Like, like, look, back in the day, the Lakers gave Nick Young a contract. I don't even remember exactly what it was. I think it was a four-year. It was like four-year, $32 million, something like that off the top of my head. And uh, Young <laughs> at the time, Swaggy P... Had a season with the Lakers where he was a bad shot maker and actually made bad shots at a fairly high percentage. And then he stopped doing that. 
right? And that and then that contract very quickly became a bad contract. I'm not saying Tim Hardaway Jr. is the same as Nick Young, but I'm saying the shots that he makes, the degree of difficulty is very, very high. And I don't know how comfortable I feel paying him as though he's going to continue hitting all of those. Still a good player, but if, if the price tag is 20 plus million, first of all, the Lakers can't get there. Second of all, I don't know if I want to be the team paying that. Yeah, by the way, Nick Young's contract was four years, $22 million, So <laughs> that's a really bad contract. Uh, that's, and, but, like, that, but that it, was it, like it, 10 years ago, almost. Yeah. So it, it sounds cheap based on today's numbers, but based on those numbers, it was a fairly prohibitive yeah. deal once, it, once people started seeing him as a negative asset. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, Tim Hardaway is just, it's, it's almost one of the most unrealistic options for the Lakers just because... If if for some reason he's like I am leaving the Mavericks, which I don't think he'll, I think he's staying, but if he really wanted to get out, there are going to be teams paying him 18, 20, 22 million dollars a year and the Lakers can offer uh what is it 5.89. So he wants to come for 5.89, I'll gladly take him. Well, that and that's actually yeah. Ron, that's going to be something to watch is where do the Lakers salaries wind up? Can they really only offer the taxpayer mid-level or can they offer the full mid-level? But when you mentioned 5.89, I'm assuming you're talking about avoiding the hard cap, triggering a hard yeah, cap. And so you're using less than that taxpayer mid-level. So that makes sense there. I, I don't think Lakers will hard cap themselves two years in a row yeah. just because of how prohibitive it was this past season. I think they're going to go to great lengths to avoid that. So I think unless, unless they can get like a crazy good player in a sign-in trade, then they'll think it's worth it. But if they're not going to go that route, I think they're going to go avoid avoid the hard cap just so they can have a little more flexibility. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. Let's see here. We've got a few more questions and comments we're going to get to tonight. <laughs> Sometimes these guys these guys make me laugh with with the comments that are coming in. There's some really good really good ones. I've got one. Bring back Luol Deng and make him earn his five million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> one more well season, played. one more season of Luol Deng, dead money, five million dollars sitting on the on the the, uh, the cap. So one more year of that. I've got uh, Apple products from YouTube. Uh, it said Apple product must be pretty expensive. Said, what are your thoughts on THT working out so early in the offseason? So we already saw a very slim, very athletic-looking Taylor Horton Tucker already working on his game. This is what the Lakers love about, or part of what they love about him, right, is his is up here, the, the mentality, the attitude that he's got. We've heard nothing but glowing reviews about THT. He makes mistakes out on the floor, but this kid's going to put in the work. And that's I think this is a big factor in terms of why they didn't trade him in that Lowry deal, because you're thinking about, what is this kid going to be if he continues working and continu- continues developing at this rate? What is he next year? What is he two years, three years down the road? How good could he really be? And that could be very exciting. Yeah, I, I agree. THG, by the way, I want to go back a second. Did you know LeBron James is older than Luol Deng? Really? Wow. I guess but that shouldn't surprise me too much. It shouldn't surprise, but like, the idea that LeBron James, who is probably the best player in the league still, is older than Luol Deng, who is being paid from a contract from seven years ago. Like, he's been out of the league for, like, three or four years. Is it it's one of those crazy. things where, like, 
LeBron's birthday is in is in December and Lou Aldang's is in January, like one of those types where they're super close, it's, but technically he's older. It's like I think they're like four or five months apart. Okay. Yeah, so it is close. Still. But going back to THT, yeah, I mean his work ethic is fantastic. Uh, I, I really, I I just don't see a world in which he's not on the Lakers for at least the next three, four years, probably beyond that. I mean, look, you. You do not get 20-year-olds that are this impactful on the game of basketball very often, especially if you're a championship contending team. You don't let those players go for just about anything. So I, I imagine it's going to be THT for the long haul here. Absolutely. I've said it before. THT is dynamite. I think this guy seriously is going to be an all-star for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think that is the level of potential that he has. He can really do it all. He is a smart basketball player. He's just, it's sort of like with Julius Randle. Julius Randle was a bull in a china shop on the Lakers. He would drive. You could see him get those pseudo almost triple doubles, hit the three, and it just never came together on the Lakers. But it did on the Knicks. And I actually think with THT's basketball IQ, I think it can come together even quicker for him. But I think that's the level that THT can reach. So I think you got to keep him around. I think he's a really good up-and-coming Laker. And I'll even make a quick case here that some fans might not be as excited about. But THT puts the work in, right? And, and that is one thing. Kyle Kuzma still is only 25 years old. I know there's all the Ben Simmons jokes right now. But Kyle Kuzma is a guy who puts the work in, who Kobe Bryant believed in. And that's why I still believe there is hope and time for Kuzma to put his skills together. And I think THT is even more talented than that. So you combine that level of talent with the work ethic he's already showing. And THT is going to be a Laker for a long time to come. And I think we need to keep in mind here that, that look, Nobody's saying THT is a lock to be an all-star or anything like that. But that is within the range of possible outcomes here. Absolutely. Right? There's some players where they come into the NBA and you, you just say, look, this guy, he's a role player and he can have a long career. He's never going to be an all-star, though. THT's skill set is unique enough to where, let's say, he gets his jumper to come around and there's no guarantee it's going to happen. But his jumper comes around and he can shoot at least league average from three. Let's say he gets there in two seasons. Right. You add that to the physical profile. Right. The fact that he's got so much strength on his frame. Right. And he's got that crazy wingspan. Plus the ball handling skills, plus the weird finishes at the rim and the different angles and all that kind of stuff. He's got good defensive instincts. Even if he gets lost a little bit on the end of the floor, the mental side of the game, he picks that up a little bit. That's his path towards hitting all star level. There's no guarantee he's going to get there. But the potential is there for him to maybe get there. And the Lakers like what they see, and that's why they're taking the chance on him. I think he is going to be a very good player. I think there's a lot to like there in him. There's a lot of flaws too, but a lot. But if you're looking at THT based on what we just saw at the end of this season, you're missing the point. What we just yeah. saw is not an indication of what he can be three years from now. If you think that what we just saw from him is just who he is, that's not what the Lakers are banking on. Right, And it's possible they're wrong. Sometimes players don't develop. But if THT does develop, he could be very, very good. And that's what has people very excited. Remember, he's still 20. Right now, he's still only 20 years old. This is an incredibly young player who has the potential to be really good down the line. Yeah, I mean, look, when Ball was 20 years old, he was shooting like 
29% from three. And he, like, his shot was broken. It was, you know, one of the running jokes of the NBA was that Lonzo Ball's shot was broken. And now he's 23 and he's shooting, like, 38% from three. He's he's great. Like, <laughs> he's really good now. So he's above league average from three. So, I, I mean, I don't – maybe THT doesn't go that exact trajectory, but – the the ability is always there, and with THT, I see a willingness to improve. So that that's, there's a lot of good stuff there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I've got a, a good comment here. Omar, the Lakers fan, says Horton Tucker came to play when we were down big in that Phoenix series. Braun had trust in him. LeBron literally discovered absolutely. him. Right, like that's that's something too. Taylor Horton Tucker is not a Laker. Maybe he's not even in the NBA. I don't know. Right now, at this moment, if it wasn't for LeBron seeing him in a gym and calling up Rich Paul and saying, hey, you need to look at this kid, All right? And wow. that eventually led to him becoming a Laker. So, yes, he has LeBron in his corner. And in that Sun series, when the Lakers, we saw all these guys that were hesitant to shoot. Kyle Kuzma did not want the basketball, didn't want to shoot it. You saw KCP hesitate to, sh- to shoot shots. Frank Vogel looking on his bench, give me somebody who's just going to go after it. He turns to the kid, 20-year-old THT, and he goes out there and he goes after it, right? He attacked it. He put up a double-double in like 16 minutes or something like that uh, in in one of those games. So this is a guy that you know is going to be aggressive. You know he's going to attack it, and he's going to take every opportunity he can get. So, again, Lakers have a lot of things to like in him. All right, let's see here. We'll finish up with, uh, with one more. Let's do one more question. Oh, man. That hurts. Said, re-sign THT and throw Kyle Kuzma into outer space. Mm. That's tough. That's, 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 tough. That's, that's Dennis Schroeder. I'll still hold tough. hope for Kuzma. I feel like I'm on an island with it sometime, but I'll still hold some hope for Kuzma. Uh, me too. You know what? I, and I think I, I'm on record saying I think Kuzma gets moved. But that doesn't mean I dislike Kyle Kuzma. I still, I still like him. I still like his skill set, um, even if he isn't the perfect fit for the Lakers right now. Yeah, I think Kyle Kuzma can make an impact somewhere. I don't think that place is the Lakers anymore. There was, a, it, it, there was a long time where I thought it could be the Lakers. And the way this team is constructed, I don't see the, the natural fit the way it once was. Yeah. And so I, I just think he gets moved, but it's not so much a reflection on him as it is the direction of the roster. I think him removing Lakers from his Instagram account is is prophetic. I, I do think we're going to see something happen there this offseason. Uh, Robert Gonzalez from YouTube has been asking what we think of Norman Powell, good shooter and defender. Yes, but the, but the Blazers just gave up a bunch in order. They gave up Gary Trent Jr. in order to bring in Norman Powell. They're going to pay whatever it takes to, to hang on to him. They're, you're not going to trade for the guy and then just, just let him walk away. But I agree. Look, if you get him, great, but they're not going to have the money to, to do that. Uh, somebody asked, and let's finish with this, what is the percentage chance that Kyle Kuzma stays with the Lakers through the offseason? So opening night, Kyle Kuzma still in a Lakers jersey. What percentage would you put on that happening? Skyler, you want to take this one first? You're a little more optimistic than I am. You know what? Because I'm the optimist on this one, I'm going to give it a 70%. 
which I know most people will think is pretty ridiculous. But honestly, just what I've heard from the organization itself, fans have always been so hard on Kuzma, and I get it. But the organization itself has always been relatively high. You know what I mean? Last year in the playoffs, when he hit that big shot against uh, Bull Bull, it was LeBron and Anthony Davis saying, Kuzma's our third option, Kuzma's our guy. And, And no, you didn't hear as much about that, but they still defended him this year. And it's the fact that the roster believes in Kuzma and the fact that they're defending him and the fact that Palinka has had good things to say about him and Coach Vogel, except in the playoffs this year, that I think there is a higher possibility Kuzma stays than people expect. He is also the longest tenured Laker, so it would be kind of, you know, really moving to a new era if they can move him for someone good. But again, Kobe Bryant believed in Kyle Kuzma, took him for dinner, loved his work ethic. And I think that if he does stay, it's going to be that work ethic that really allows him to stay. So I am going to give it a 70%. All right, Ron? Man, I I wish I could share in your optimism. I just, <laughs> okay. I think... Kuzma has survived so many rumors that so at a many. certain point, at a certain point, the Lakers are going to find the deal, right? The reason all these rumors are happening is not because, you know, everyone in the NBA is enamored with Kyle Kuzma and they're just banging down the door to get him. It's because the Lakers keep shopping him and the right thing never comes up. And I have to imagine at some point the right thing is going to come up. And I think because what we were talking about earlier with, you know, creative trades and mm-hmm. and teams looking to improve without free agents, I think this is the year the Lakers finally get what they want for him. And so I'm going to say it's a 25% chance that Kyle Kuzma is a Laker on opening day. Okay, so so Ron, you're actually less optimistic than I am about, about Kyle Kuzma sticking around. And I've been saying I think he's going to be gone. Wow. Um, so Kyle Kuzma, I think when I look at it, and, and I – even if you just take away all the other stuff, take away, you know, that he's been a Laker for the longest, take away the Lakers have tried to trade him and all these deals and everything. Just looking at the math, this is the offseason of the trade. I believe that's going to be a thing. And Kyle Kuzma's $13 million now salary, I think, is going to be really useful in trade negotiations. In fact, I think it's going to be just about a must if the Lakers are going to get somebody with any kind of real impact, right? A, a talented player back, you're going to have to put Kyle Kuzma in a deal. So I... I've got it right about 40%, but that's only because NBA trades are really hard to negotiate. It's not it's not an easy, very simple thing. But I think it is more likely that he gets traded than he is back next season with the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I, I this, this just feels like the year. It just feels like this is the time they're going to get what they wanted for him. And, and it's just... You know, you can't survive trade rumors every three months. No. Like, it just, no. you can't keep doing it. It's not possible. It does seem like now or never. One other thing I'm hanging on just a little bit here is that in the Anthony Davis trade, how badly they wanted to keep Kuzma, and they have won a championship since then. 71-day offseason, he came out, said he wasn't healthy, is talking about what he's going to work on. Removing Lakers from the Instagram bio is a little bit sketchy, but overall, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, and uh, I will definitely be grateful for Kuzma's tenure, especially that rookie season. It seems like it's now or never for Kuzma. It seems like if he stays, then the rumors don't have any merit anymore. Right. And if he doesn't, then 
this is the year. This is the year. I, I, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't think the rumors are going to go away, even if he does stay. I think that's just kind of going to kind of perpetually follow him around until until it actually happens and he gets traded. But we'll see the way it all plays out. Should be a really exciting offseason. Uh, I do appreciate everybody joining us. We're going to do this again on Thursday. Remember, Mondays and Thursdays, 9 o'clock Pacific time, we talk Lakers basketball all through the offseason. Appreciate you guys joining us tonight. And don't forget to also go subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show YouTube channel as well. And subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.